Hello and welcome to the Bloodstream Podcast live from Bloodstream's new studios in sunny Los Angeles, California. I am Believe Limited and Bloodstream co-founder and podcast host, Patrick James Lynch. And I am your other host, Amy Board and Patrick. Today, today, today is a major milestone for us and for the Bloodstream Podcast. It is. First live of 2021. First live, yes. And this is the first podcast we've ever done from the same room That's in forever. <laughs> forever, literally forever. We started co-hosting this thing just as COVID started COVIDing us all and yes. producing the show from from a distance. Now we're in the same room and what a room. It's a legit room. There's a like a wood paneled wall behind us. Yeah. We get it's some... freezing. That's why I'm wearing a puffy coat. Which is also true whenever you're in a real studio space. It's always colder than you need it to be. It's very cold. I also don't think it's a great sign when it feels as though the performance in the show has to live up to the room that it's in. Like unless you're at Carnegie <laughs> Hall, that shouldn't be the case. But nevertheless, the room will probably be better than the performance. <laughs> the room's going to cool. win, but we're going to podcast cool. anyway live directly to Bloodstream Media's <laughs> Facebook page. And this episode will also be released in the traditional audio-only format on Friday, May 26th. So we have to remind you to subscribe. Subscribe to the Bloodstream Podcast on Apple, Spotify. You know all those places. All those places. And this is the spot in the show where I'm here to remind you to not only do your civic duty, but to, you know, do a humongous responsibility. That's right. And that is to subscribe to the Bloodstream Podcast. It'll really help Patrick sleep at night. And he has an infant, so for all intents I'll purposes take like he needs any help he can get so just flip and subscribe you know what i'm Seriously. saying plus it's like voting subscribing to the bloodstream podcast <laughs> voting <Going> subscribing <laughs> to the bloodstream podcast for those of you who are Eating watching more us vegetables. live as we record this thank you for being here uh thanks for joining <laughs> us and, and please feel free to share your comments and questions in the chat and whether you are watching live on facebook or listening at your leisure via your podcast app Thank you for joining Bloodstream. Takeda, our presenting sponsor, thank you as always for your critical support. Mm -hmm. Thanks as well to Sanofi Genzyme for supporting our Let's Talk Mental Health segment. So good. Hosted by Haunting Season's Joshua Sterling Bragg. So good. That will come later in the show, as will my and Amy's discussion about some top concerns <laughs> in hemophilia. Not just any. These are top concerns. Oh Stick around for that. Can't be much more concerned. Uh, <laughs> Rob Bradford's going to join us to share his excitement for in-person community conferences, which are slowly starting to come back again. Mm -hmm. And we've got a major announcement about a new Bloodstream Media show. Plus, we've got a message from the National Hemophilia Foundation, some tips from Mel Forrest on how to start your summer off right, and more. we got a big show, and we're glad you're big here. Big show. Welcome to Bloodstream. You know, I have to say, I'm a little shocked. You mentioned like 17 like incredible things, but you yeah. didn't mention the dang newsletter. That's a script problem. No, that's true. I did not mention the newsletter. It's so great. The <laughs> I, newsletter. I agree. I can't wait to talk about the newsletter. Can we, we talk about the newsletter? Yes. Wow. Very demanding right off the top. We can. I got one more thing. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Uh, but just before we hit that, I do want to remind our listeners and let our viewers know the Bloodstream Podcast is indeed made possible by our presenting sponsor, Takeda. Yes, that's right, Takeda. Takeda's got this website, bleedingdisorders.com, where you can learn all about Takeda's resources for and commitment to the bleeding disorders community. Takeda believes in a world free of bleeds. I'm into it. And are dedicated <laughs> more than ever in their efforts to offer a wide range of programs and support to help patients throughout their treatment journey wherever on that journey they may be. You can learn more by simply visiting bleedingdisorders.com. One more time, that's bleedingdisorders.com. And for their founding and ongoing support of the Bloodstream Podcast, I would just like to say, thanks, Takeda. 
All right, Amy, I don't think we can do anything else before we get to it. So please, the newsletter. I'm excited. You're excited. But why are you so excited? Because the stories are so dang good. Here's the thing. Okay. A newsletter. Everyone hears the word newsletter and it's boring. Correct. We are like heavy on newsletters here in the bleeding disorder community. So we were like, let's add one. (laughs) Let's do another. Actually, that's one hundred percent what the conversation was. <laughs> I'm like, oh god, let's like get in the mix. No, but I think the coolest thing about this newsletter is that because we're in the position that we're in uh, with Believe Limited and Bloodstream Media, we're maybe off uh, able to cultivate some of the stories that people aren't really able to talk about in a larger yeah. um, format and a setting. So we have some really cool stuff. Um, the, our cover story is Luke Pembroke, one of our favorites at Bloodstream um, guest, and his. Uh, uh, headline is Who Am I Without Hemophilia? Of course, Luke is on a gene therapy trial, has been mm-hmm. very vocal and visible about his trials, up and downs. Um, so to talk to him a little bit about Who Am I with Hemophilia would be really cool. Um, Teen Impact Award winner and Believe favorite Mason Brobro has a piece, Redefining Gender Norms, that our very own Drama Del Rosario wrote. And community member and future doctor, I have to like mention he's <laughs> like doctor. going to medical school. He's kind of a big deal. Grant Herrera shares his views on combating anti-Asian hate. And there's a crossword. There is a crossword. That's true. So if the other content didn't get you, go for the con- go for the crossword. I just really the wanted the button on the crossword. Uh, okay, so believeltd.com backslash bloodstream dash newsletter dash sign up. Right. That's a lot of stuff. I was about to say that's a lot. So or or bit.ly slash all bloodstream stuff. And if you go to bit.ly slash all bloodstream stuff, it's literally what it means. It's it's all our stuff. All bloodstream stuff. But the newsletter is the button right at the top. So yeah. that's the easiest way. Or believeltd.com so slash bloodstream dash newsletter. Sign up so you get your up. copy. Um, so Amy, as you know, the world is indeed opening back up. And in-person mm-hmm. patient education meetings are starting again. Not everywhere, but in some wares they are. And I know it's got me thinking a lot about what I miss most from patient events and education weekends. Mm. The friendships. The hotel room keys that regularly blink red even the very first time you try to use it on your door. Mm. The breakfast buffets. Do not shade breakfast buffets. Just saying yogurt's not breakfast. Well, joining us live (laughs) to help hype up all that there is to be excited about when you get back out to those in-person meetings when it is safe in your area to do so. He's a Swiss army knife wearing a human suit. He's Belize chief operating officer, Rob Bradford, and he joins us right after... Haha, ha, wrinkle. This quick word from the Big Bloody Talent Show. Have you been spending a lot of time at home? Have you binged every show on every streaming platform? Did you pick up one or two or seven new hobbies while in quarantine with no outlet for them? Well, do we have news for you? Come share your talents, skills, or even hobbies that you picked up this past year at Believe Limited's first ever Big Bloody Talent Show. Held virtually at the exclusive Believe Limited's Flamingo Lounge on August 25th, 2021. Hosted by Believe's own Avra Friedman. All talents, skills, and hobbies welcome. And we mean all. Singing? Submit it. Shooting hoops? Submit it. Performing devil sticks? Submit it. Whatever your talent, skill, or hobby, we want to see it. But hurry up. Submissions open May 17th and close June 17th. Visit our website to submit and learn more about Believe Limited's Big Bloody Talent Show, held virtually on August 25th. Submit now. 
Must be a part of the bleeding disorders community at large. All family, friends, agents, and advocates welcome to submit. I always love that fast stuff at the end. That's always where the really good stuff is. Once again, to enter into the Bleeding Disorders community, Big Bloody Talent Show from Believe Limited, visit BelieveLTD.com slash Big Bloody Talent Show or bit.ly slash All Bloodstream Stuff. And stick around today as Mel Forrest, the hobby enthusiast and star of that video, provides us with today's final segment later in the show. Hi, there's another person in the room. Oh, hey, <laughs> Rob, the Swiss Army knife. Is here. that weird? COVID. I, I was trying to use a dissolve effect to just appear and it didn't work out. Well, I appreciate the effort. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah, so you for having me. Once upon a time, we would go to these conferences all the time. I don't know how many you've been to. I don't know how many lanyards you still have. Uh, a lot. Like Mr. T-level amount of lanyards. <laughs> yeah, well, for the next one, you better bring those in. But, oh, no. you know, I'm curious now. What's uh, As we're getting closer to being back at these places, mm -hmm. what are you thinking about? What are you excited about? What oh, comes man. to mind? I hear there's like a top 10 involved. Oh, you guys heard? I, I teased it? Dag. All right. Well, <laughs> yes. I mean, I don't know about you guys. First, hello, everyone. Probably. I don't, did I say hello yet? No, I'm terrible at this. You can say it as many times as you want. I don't talk to microphones much. I just watch you guys do it. So, um, yeah. Well, I mean, like you were saying earlier, Patrick, I do miss getting back out there and seeing everyone. Like, I miss, I miss, like, basically just getting to, to bond together at our usual Marriott's and Hilton's. And oh, yeah occasional La Quintas and, oh, good um, La Quinta. and as we're slowly like starting to get back together again, I mean, we're in the same room again. that feels weird. Yeah. Um, yeah we're very close to each other right yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like I should, I don't know, go to confession or something, but, um, <laughs> uh, you know, it's still like a couple of months out before they might be kind of normal again. And sure. just to kind of like maybe get excited and reminisce a little bit. I wanted to create a, always oh, got props. Top 10 list of things that I super miss about being together in hotel conference rooms with y'all. Bing! Yeah. All right. So I wrote it down on a list. Okay. Top 10 things that you miss about being in hotel conferences with y'all. Oh, and by the way, I wrote this down. Sorry, it's on a UPS thing because... Shout we, out to UPS. We, we're getting pretty low on toilet paper, so I wrote it on here. Um, all right. Top 10 things I super missed about being together... What? Go ahead. Okay, great. With y'all. Number 10. Patrick might have alluded to it a little bit earlier, but the artificial egg beaters at the breakfast buffet. Yeah. See, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Somehow those geniuses at Egg Beaters Incorporated, I didn't look up their name, <laughs> they figured out how to make eggs taste like like lukewarm water. Right. And I'm here for it. Oh, okay. And, and have no cholesterol. So you've which just, I think you're into it now. You've gotten used to it. You're... Yeah. Well, like when you think about it, you don't love the taste of eggs. Huh. I do put a lot of stuff on eggs or with eggs with other stuff. Correct. Eggs are like chicken. Like you never hear like, hey, here's this chicken. You say, oh, it's like this pineapple crusted chicken or something like that. Or these eggs with like every condiment on it. Wow. I would actually eat both of those. But egg beaters are just like, let's cut out the flavor. <laughs> Good. And just go to water. Problem solved. And it's eggs, but no cholesterol. Or nutrition. So Or nutrition. I think it's genius. Wow. Well, okay. Right. Yeah, we're all missing that. I we're... don't know. I still think you guys are shading breakfast buffets. And it's oh no, I would never shade a breakfast buffet. I just want to point out a highlight that I miss. And Great. after all, that was only number 10. Great. So I'll move on to number nine. Number nine. Great. The fluctuating temperature in hotel conference rooms, uh. because whether it's too hot or way too cold, is always something that we will agree on. It's correct. Correct. It is always uncomfortable. Yep. And so that brings me to number eight PowerPoints. Uh, I know what you're saying, Rob. No one misses PowerPoints. No one they're, misses the lamest, PowerPoints but they're the lamest. But you're missing the fact that that's yet another thing that we agree on. 
Oh, that's true. It brings us together. See, that's two things that bring us together. That was a twist. Which brings me to the next number, four. Four? Yeah, four. The over-chlorinated water in the hotel pool. Yeah. yeah. Because there's nothing like a day yeah. of bonding together and these <laughs> educational sessions. Uh-huh. There's nothing like going after that to then get some green hair and mm -hmm. also a free chemical peel at the same time. Yes, I love a good free chemical peel. Yeah, me this too. This actually is getting me excited about going back to a Marriott because my skin is gross. You know what I'm saying? Oh like, man, I have I have got so much going on in here that just needs to be stripped away, kind of burning sensation painfully. Yeah. yeah. An indoor pool awaits you at a nearby hotel. Oh man, it does. I can smell it right now. <laughs> so number three. Wait. Okay. Great. Fine. Yeah. Great. Numbers. They, yeah, numbers. Great. Number Would you three? prefer I did letter three? <laughs> Not really. Okay. Letter three. The kids food buffet line. So it's no secret that kids always get the best food. Yes. Correct. Why mac and cheese and chicken fingers are only reserved for the young ones beyond me. Yeah. Yes. See, we asked the hard questions yes. here. But like seriously, question? if you, if you, because I, I know you're on board. If you are not in line with the little ones to eat, then it's on you. You're totally lost. So I hear a call to action. That we all just need to line up at the kids' buffet from now on. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. Patrick, you normally do. I know I want friends. <laughs> they I don't, want support. It's like they, it's like they don't think hot dogs belong to adults. I had them yesterday yeah. for dinner. Yeah. My mom bought more. We like them so much. And True see, story. Same with, thing with pizza. They're like, you adults My, won't like this or you shouldn't. Also wrong. Right. Yeah, also yeah. wrong. Yeah. All right. I'm into this list. Very. This list gets Thank better you. as it goes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Also, by the way, if you can't be like anything free and go to a kid's like, like you can't be gluten-free or like meat-free no 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 cheese free all of it no. absolutely not like all of it certainly not ketchup or mustard free absolutely anyway. not no um and last but not least number two the exhibit exhibit hall swag well now, I, I, it's topic. like yeah i think i know it's a gimme but i mean i've never had to buy a water bottle or a drawstring backpack in my life <laughs> that's true and i'm starting to run low <laughs> <laughs> i need some more <laughs> And that's that's my list. That's my top ten. Wow. Okay. Wow. Almost. Um. You know. Great numbering. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, and I've heard they do Common Core is different now. That's probably what it's got to be. Oh, I'm public school through and through. <laughs> uh, that shows. Maybe I don't know. But Rob, thank you for yeah. that list. Hey, uh -huh. thank you guys. I don't think uh -huh. we could have found an audience who would relate with what you just shared more than this one. So there was no better venue for this to be released. Yes. And I look forward to your reports of what these conferences have, what they bring to you as you get to go back to them. Finally. Well, thank you guys. It was very nice to be here with you all. Um, I can't wait to see you all back out there. And um, I'll just sit here while you introduce the next segment. That's a great idea. Yeah. It will be the easiest way to do it. Um, and actually, before we get into the next segment, we have a pretty exciting announcement to make. Uh, let me give Amy her mic back then. Bloodstream <laughs> Media, our rare disease podcast network, is adding a major, major show to its lineup. But I will let the host and creator tell you more about it herself. Hi there, my name's Effie Parks. I'm originally from Missoula, Montana, and I come from a family of 13 children. So I know a little something about the family sibling dynamic. I currently live in Seattle, Washington with my husband and my two kids. As a new parent of a child with a rare genetic condition, I was lost. There was no guide or rule book for this new and entirely unexpected reality. I just kept thinking, this is not what I had imagined. Ford was born with CTNNV1 syndrome, an extremely rare condition with only 30 known patients at the time of his birth. 
when he was first diagnosed, all I wanted to do was connect with other moms and parents who could help me, who could understand me, but I had no idea where to go or who to turn to. The isolation was so hard, but as time went on, I realized something. I wasn't alone. There were many, many other parents out there just like me, wrestling with some rare genetic condition and disability, craving answers and connection just like me. I started the Once Upon a Gene podcast to be the home base for exploring the world of raising children with disabilities and rare genetic disorders. On the show, I speak with fellow parents, therapists, doctors, patients, and others with outstanding stories to tell. These are the stories of my family and of families like ours. These are the stories of how we have persevered, bonded, and grown. These are the stories of children who have been told they cannot and that have proved the world wrong. These are just some of the things you can look forward to hearing on Once Upon a Gene with new episodes out every Thursday and mini episodes popping up all the time. You can subscribe to Once Upon a Gene on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen, or follow the links to subscribe from bloodstreammedia.com. I am honored and thrilled to be a part of Bloodstream Media, and I hope you'll join me each week over at Once Upon a Gene. Thank you, Effie. You can go to effieparks.com for links and more information about the Once Upon a Gene podcast, which we are thrilled to have as a part of Bloodstream Media. It is a great show. Effie is a great host. And Amy, I think she and the show are going to add a lot to what we have to offer. Oh, she's the best. What a spectacular caretaker view. Um, what a great gap to fill in Bloodstream Media. We're so excited to welcome her into the Bloodstream Media world. And for those of you that are watching and listening, um, um, that are especially caretakers, please check her out. She's really inclusive. It's not disease specific. It's truly about the caretaker experience. And check her out on social too. Her kids are just precious and she's really great. It makes you feel like a part of a family, which I know is what we love in the bleeding disorder community. So it's an extension of that. So again, check out Effie and Once Upon a Gene at effieparks.com. Well said. But Amy, I got to tell you, I have some top concerns. Here's the thing. <laughs> what? Everybody just get ready. For what? Because this is about an article and like it's always dicey when you read articles. You know I what I'm saying? I have notes. It's very, it's laid out. I have three big questions. I got <laughs> things down to three. That's pretty good. Actually, it's very impressive. Like, Thank typically you. Typically, it's not three. You know what I'm saying? So let's like maybe see how this goes. It might okay. not be nearly as bad as you think. Okay. But I did Strap read a little, in, everyone. a little piece of news and hemophilia news today, oh, this week, as I do on my free time. And there was an article <laughs> titled, Survey Outlines Top Concerns Among Hemophilia Patients in Central Europe. Why Central Europe, you might ask. It's I a, ask. A, you, thank you. And specifically <laughs> Croatia, Czech Republic, Slovenia, Slovakia, Bulgaria, and Hungary, also known as countries I've never been to and know very little about. So definitely good for me to be presenting this article. <laughs> but in terms of why those countries, the reason is because those countries represent various socioeconomic conditions mm -hmm. and healthcare systems in which data on the level of hemophilia patient education and how patients prefer to receive information 
is scarce. So mm. in light of the new therapies and technologies mm. and the time we're living through, this survey was meant to dig at that. And there's mm. some great info that I think we can extrapolate to sure. here in the US. But more importantly, I think it raises some really big questions. So wait, before you start, let's talk about the survey a little bit. Like how was it set up? Um, like when was it done? Like tell me a little bit about the survey. So it's current. It was done last year, okay. uh, May to October of 2020 or a April to November of 2020, okay. which was during the heart of COVID. So there was some COVID related stuff in it too that were just pushing to the side because there's enough of that everywhere else. Perfect. Great. Um, but it was done just last year. Okay. They surveyed 364 people via a 22 question survey that was uh, sent out for people to do on their own. Okay. So people had to respond and fill out this survey. Two thirds of those 364 respondents were patients, just about. Okay. One third caregivers. Of the two thirds patients, four fifths of them were older than 25. Okay. Of the one third who were caregivers, four fifths of that pool were caregivers of patients younger than 25. So that's all to say within that 364 person pool, two thirds of which patients, one third caregivers, good spread. Good spread. Good spread within good that. Good spread. So, okay, my first draft did have like 52 stats, but I've got them down <laughs> oh to just these God. three. And here we go. So here are my three big takeaways and the questions that they raised for me cool, cool. from this survey. Cool, cool, cool. Number one. Cool. 38.5%, which is nearly four in 10, 38.5% of respondents reported that sudden or unexpected bleeding, aka breakthrough bleeding, was a daily challenge. Daily, four out of 10. That's a problematic figure, especially given that 70% of the respondents to this defined themselves as well-educated. And even the other 30% are still people who responded to a survey. Mm. So those are like, there's a bias toward right. being active to begin with. And four out of 10 are struggling with breakthrough bleeds. So my question is, just how frequent and problematic are breakthrough unexpected bleeds? Because I've been led to think yeah. that here in the U.S., throughout Europe, and in yeah. places that I mistakenly or otherwise think of as developed healthcare systems, yeah. that we've got that number way down. But four out of 10 people struggling daily, yeah. that's not close to way down. This feels like an access issue to me. And, you know, it's interesting because it's very, you know, specialized pocket of the world that we don't, haven't talked about, really. No. I mean, I think we've lumped it into um, Europe. Europe. You know, with England and France and Germany and the access, you know, that they have in those countries. Um, so I just think it's, you know, again, fascinating information about another pocket of the world that obviously is struggling with access issues. Yeah. So good to keep in mind. And like we know that's true here, too. Right. right, right, 50, right, right 50 states, right. different geographic, socioeconomic, all kinds of considerations. Right. So, yeah, it's a reminder that when we think about access issues, it's right. not something just you know, for people who are living in West Africa or in Southern India, it's happening everywhere, right. access issues. So that's right. my first my first big point, first big question. <laughs> One down, two to go, everybody. Pretty One good. down, two to Pretty go. Pretty good. That was not too bad. All right, number two, <laughs> 25 to 41%, which just got to say, I've never seen this range before, 25 to 41%. Cool, cool. Of respondents, of, of participants to the survey reported that these bleeding episodes had moderate to severe impact on their life, 25 to 41%. And more than half reported moderate to severe impact specifically related to mobility or hobby choice. So mm. hemophilia is moderately to severely impacting people's lives writ large, 25 mm -hmm. to 40% of the time because mm -hmm. of these breakthrough bleeds that apparently are a problem. Right. And more than half of the respondents are saying that it's a moderate to severe issue that's being caused with mobility or hobby choice. So given that we've got as many treatments as we do, given mm -hmm. that this is a multi, multi, multi billion dollar mm -hmm. a year 
agency, given that we've got all sorts of patient advocacy all around the, the world, really, mm -hmm. how many people are not living the lives that not only they want to be living, but should be living, that we have somewhere, right. the medicine and the care to enable them to have, but they're not because of hemophilia still. I think my big takeaway from your big takeaway is that the outrage that you're expressing is that we still have these issues and the disparity is so vast. And I think we've we've known about it. You you have been, you know, actively involved in the conversation and capturing a lot of the stories about the disparity in treatment across the globe. But I think this, at least from my chair, just the um, centralized location of these countries. It's just shocking to still have this data and these issues. I agree. I agree. All right. So that's the second. My third. See, we're doing pretty good moving right through this list. My third. He's doing really great. Big point leading to my big question. Oh. This has more to do with people receiving information, not so much the patient experience. Yeah. But people prefer to get the education and information on hemophilia from digital and social media at about the same level that they like getting it from patient associations. 59% mm. patient associations preferred, 56% digital social media preferred. That's basically the same number. Right. Doesn't surprise me that that much, but it does bring me, it, it does bring up some concerns. If right. I had a patient, if I had a patient association and I saw figures like this, right. I'd wanna talk to the board, to the staff, to our volunteers about, all right, well, what are we doing in digital and social spaces, because that's where people are going for information. And even breaking that down further, right. of those digital and social uh, preferred people, two thirds prefer Facebook and a half are have a, a preference for YouTube. So even more specifically, what is your association doing on Facebook and on YouTube? Because if you're only concerned with perhaps your website and right. some really valuable educational insights right. and CDC and NIH and all credible, credible, but if it's not the place that people are going to where they right. prefer receiving information from, you know, you can paint like Picasso, but if you lock right. it in the basement, who cares? Right. So my third question is, what does patient education look like in 10 years, in five years, in three years, which is not that far away? Right. And are the trends of science and these novel therapies and the trends that uh, are emerging of ways in which people like receiving information, are those things running in, in parallel or in hand in hand? Or is there a conflict there that we aren't really addressing? Because in my opinion, we're not really addressing it. Mm -hmm. I don't think we're doing a good enough job from the highest levels of leadership of appreciating all the different ways we need to be leveraging digital and social media. And if coming out of COVID didn't inspire, and we'll see, if coming out of this doesn't inspire some innovation, mm -hmm. then I think that's a really unfortunate sign for where yeah. things may be headed. Yeah, I do too. I think it was interesting that this, um, that it was like separate, that there were social media and patient um, organization or association education. So that must mean like in-person education or something like that. And, right. you know, because I kind of see them almost as the same thing. It's like you're getting education, but you're getting them through these associations on social media, but that's not really the case. Like the, the conversations are happening, you know, at a, at another level. So I, I think, uh, I think your point is valid and it's going to be interesting to see, um, how organizations respond in the future. Yeah, I think so. Because we can't just, uh, 
dismiss or ignore the parts of social, say, where yeah. there's stuff that's shared that's incorrect or inappropriate. Yes. So we don't want that doesn't mean ignore the medium writ large. If anything, right. that means like get more active and get in there because right. clearly people are coming here with their questions, concerns. They're looking for something here. Right. So go there. Don't ask right. them to come to your picnic. Go right. to theirs. Right. So. That's it. That's my rant. I'm end of rant. Not too bad. I think you did pretty good with the stats and the takeaways. You only had three, I which is not usually. It's not below pretty seven. Contained. So this is great. <laughs> not below seven. Not All right, below fair seven. enough. Well, um, I know I na- I did name a lot of bits of data. I snuck a lot <laughs> within my three. You did great. One thing that I uh, did not get into it. There were some. There were some bits in that article mm. on the uncertainty and anxiety that people experience, and as we know holistic health or considering a person's total health must, must, must include their psychological state and emotional experience. Mental health journeys from the bleeding disorders community was the focus of Believe Limited's Sanofi Genzyme supported film, Let's Talk. And next on Bloodstream, Let's Talk's me- next on our podcast here, we have our Let's Talk Mental Health segment that's led by filmmaker and podcaster Joshua Sterling Bragg as he takes us behind the scenes to dig deeper into the themes and takeaways from the film. Today's focus, asking for help, which Mm. I'll admit for me, sometimes harder to do the more that I need it. That segment (laughs) is next. I'm going to have to pay attention because of what I just said right after this quick word from the National Hemophilia Foundation's Hope Society. Hey everyone, this is Maureen Parsons from the National Hemophilia Foundation, joined by my colleague, Elizabeth Molnar. We are excited to share about a new opportunity for young professionals supporting the bleeding disorders community. The Young Hope Society is a dedicated space for individuals between the ages of 21 and 40 to support the bleeding disorders community through volunteering, fundraising, and raising awareness. It is a collaboration between NHF and our chapter network, so members have the unique opportunity to make an impact both in their local community and at a national level. Young Hope Society members will build their professional and personal networks through bi-monthly socials, professional development webinars, and a speaker series where you will hear from dynamic professionals who are leaders in their field. It is free to join the Young Hope Society and right now we are doing a special campaign where the first 50 people to sign up will receive an NHF hat. For more information and to sign up, go to hemophilia.org forward slash YHS. When we first started filming Bombardier Blood, our documentary about Chris Bombardier climbing the Seven Summits, we spent a week shooting in Denver with the Bombardiers and met important people in their lives, including Amy. Yes, Amy, like bloodstream Amy. She was running the Bleeding Disorders chapter there, and after a fantastic, and I'm not being nice, it truly was a fantastic interview, I threw my back out lifting a 75-pound equipment case and swinging it into the trunk of the rental car. We were moments away from heading to the airport for our flight home, and in front of me was a pile of cases chin high that we needed to get loaded in and out of the rental car, airport shuttles, carts, luggage carousels, Ubers, and eventually the 247 steps of our office to get them back into the equipment closet later that night. Woof. Patrick, being the kind soul with target joints that he is, immediately saw that something was wrong and offered to help, and then insisted on helping and then demanded to not only help, but to take charge of making sure that I didn't hurt myself any further. I felt so guilty. It crushed me to ask for help, even though I knew I needed it. But why is that? Let's talk. 
I have always tried to help men, particularly, think about masculinity in a broader context. If you have this very stringently defined concept of what it means to be a man, and oftentimes part of that is I don't ask for help, I don't show my vulnerability, I don't let anybody see that I'm not in charge and I don't know what I'm doing all the time. This is the voice of Dana Francis from our Let's Talk Mental Health documentary. Dana's a good friend of Bloodstream, most recently visiting the show in March, and specializes in social work with a focus on adults affected by bleeding disorders. That's a problem in terms of getting help when you need it. And so part of my work was to probe and poke at some of those issues with the guys with hemophilia and just to try to get them to kind of look at their own humanity in a broader sense and to not be afraid to, to reach out, to ask for help, to talk to each other about what's going on in their life. I struggle with social anxiety. I have a really hard time interacting with strangers and it boils down to starting the conversation. One thing that always breaks the ice for me is finding a shared experience, whether it's the most recent Handmaid's Tale episode, I'll never drink milk again, or something in the news. You know, we all use these common threads to open up conversations that lead to the important stuff. And the more complex that shared interest or shared experience is, the deeper the connection can be. But sometimes it can be hard to find someone who's been through what you've been through and that's sometimes where a therapist can really help. A good therapist is like a coach and a counselor and a facilitator. Nobody can fix you. You know, what they do is they help you understand what your struggles are and they offer you strategies. Not everyone needs a therapist. But I think we need support, whether it's from our friends, our family, other guys that we don't even know that well, but who share the issues that we're struggling with and can give us support and strength. We can find support in a lot of different places. Like Dana says, from people we know or even from people we don't know so well. All it takes is making that first step towards being able to broach the subject and just get things started. Last month, I introduced you to Avra and her mother, Alana Sank, who's a licensed marriage and family therapist. Well, she had some great stuff to say about how to get these conversations started. What if someone has a big feeling but doesn't know how to talk about it? I do a modality called DBT, which is dialectical behavior therapy. And one of the things I teach in DBT is that I call it three states of mind. And one mind is reasonable mind, which is just the facts. It's kind of cold cognitions. Another mind I call emotion mind, and that's when we feel big things. Um, the last mind is wise mind, and that's kind of the intersection. It's taking in the facts. It's understanding what we're feeling or what we need and doing the next thing that will help at least try to get you to what you need. I think by acknowledging what the feeling is, that's part of identifying it, and then it will allow you, if you can identify it, that's a pause too, and it allows you to um, better understand what it is you need because all of what we feel is real to us. How can people avoid getting too discouraged or frustrated when struggling to find the help they need? 
I think the important thing is, I go back to that idea of pausing, you know, stop, think about what it is you need and set smaller, smaller goals. I think that when we look at too big a picture, it can be very overwhelming. And I think it makes us struggle with what to do next. So if you can break it down into smaller steps and smaller goals, I think they're a little bit more achievable. And if they are achievable, it improves our mood. I hope this was helpful and encouraging. Talking can be so healing. Thank you, Avra and Alana. Thank you, Amy and Patrick, for having me on to talk and explore these topics. Join me over the next few months as I work my way through our film and talk about the stuff that really pops, the important stuff, the tough stuff. And my promise to you is that it'll never get too scary and we'll always have an expert there to help us back out if we dig a little bit too deep. If you want access to some incredible mental health resources, you want to explore the film on your own, or you just want to dig a little deeper yourself, please check out letstalkmh.com and click resources. And I'll see you on the next episode. Wow. Thank you, Avra. Thank you, Avra's mom. Mm. Thank you, Josh. Haunting season. Joshua Sterling Bragg. What a cool set he's got for haunting season. I'll cool. see that in the background so of that cool. clip. Uh, for another excellent Let's Talk segment, much appreciated. Please visit letstalkmh.com to learn more about Let's Talk. And thank you, Sanofi Genzyme. Let's Talk is a partnership between Bloodstream Media and Sanofi Genzyme, and it aims to create an environment where we can have open and honest conversations about mental health in the bleeding disorders community. For people living with or caring for someone with a bleeding disorder, the impact on mental health is largely invisible and not often discussed. Let's Talk shares tips on how to care for your own or someone you love's mental health and strives to eliminate the stigma associated with this discussion within the bleeding disorders community. If you or someone you know has experienced feelings that has impacted your mental health, please talk to your healthcare provider and find educational resources at letstalkmh.com. So we'll see you next month for another Let's Talk segment. Yeah, we will. You know, Patrick, I could use some musings. What about you? I love me a good musing. Oh, I love me a good musing. You know what I'm saying? Most of you know our beloved Mel Forrest. She is believed producer, writer, the Pain Pod director, all around terrific human. Mel is a flippin' delight. <laughs> She's known here, I believe, for providing the most informative, helpful, and slightly weird musings on a monthly basis. And we thought we'd let you in on the fun. So, Mel, what have you got for us? Let's muse. Hi. I'm Mel, and I work here at Believe Limited. With summer fast approaching and a recent boost in vaccination numbers, many of us are starting to see our summer calendars fill up, which is great. But if you're like me, you may be a bit nervous about re-entering mainstream society. That's why I'm going to share these five summer essentials that are guaranteed to keep you safe and happy this upcoming season. So let's start. My first essential item is sunscreen. Protecting your skin from the harmful UV rays of the sun is essential. SPF 15 is the FDA's recommended minimum coverage and protection against skin cancer and sunburn. But might I recommend choosing a sunscreen with an SPF of 30? How about 50? How about 1,000? As your body soaks up its necessary amounts of vitamin D, you may suddenly begin to feel an exuberant amount of joy. But don't let the euphoria distract you from reapplying your sunscreen every two hours, especially after swimming or sweating. That leads to my next essential item. Water! Hydration is essential to life, and it also makes infusing easier. 
If you're like me, you spent most of last year surviving on coffee and coffee and coffee and coffee and more coffee. <laughs> and although coffee does contain water, it also contains caffeine, which can cause dehydration, which is never good for infusing. As you spend more time outdoors or just becoming more physically active, make sure you are properly hydrated. As your days get longer and your coffee intake gets shorter, you'll definitely need my third essential item. A portable mattress. It's 2 p.m. and after a day in the sun running errands, taking calls, meeting with friends, reapplying sunscreen, and drinking lots of water, you will feel exhausted. Keep a portable mattress or sleeping bag in your car, find a beautiful shaded spot, and take a nap for one to eight hours. Or just take a moment to rice. My next essential item is, ooh, a camera. It's been a year since some of you have seen your family, friends, neighbors, or favorite Bed Bath & Beyond employees. Hey, Terry. <laughs> so make sure your phone or camera is charged and ready because you're going to want to capture all of the awesome memories you're going to make this summer. Also, keep it rolling to capture some of the talents or hobbies you acquired while in quarantine and submit them to the Believe Limited first ever Big Bloody Talent Show held virtually on August 25th. You can submit now until June 17th. Just visit www.believeltd.com Big Bloody Talent Show. Last on my list seems controversial, but could come in handy if needed. An elaborate excuse that no one will dare to question. I know this seems weird, but maybe you just aren't quite ready to fully reimmerse yourself back into society. That's okay too. Doing things on your own timeline is healthy and normal. If you are ever feeling pressured to participate in activities and social life before you are ready, you can always use one of these go-to excuses that rarely get questioned. Here are a few. I'm taking my pet snake to see a trainer that day. Maybe next time? During quarantine, animal adoptions rose exponentially. So who's to say you didn't adopt a very, very large pet snake? You know, I have an HTC clinic visit that day, and we all know those can last up to six hours. Those without a bleeding disorder won't question your commitment to your health, and those with a bleeding disorder will definitely understand. And last, that sounds like a lot of fun, but... I don't feel quite comfortable meeting up yet. I hope you understand. Unlike the others, this might be the best way to convey how you are feeling. And don't worry, people will understand, respect your decision, and be there when you are feeling comfortable and ready. There you have it for Mel's summer essentials. With these five things handy, I guarantee your summer will be one to remember. <laughs> well, thank you, Mel Forrest. Wow. The musings of Mel Forrest. Mel, because of you this summer, I plan to nap for eight hours mm -hmm. at a time mm -hmm. in SPF 1000 mm. on a portable mattress, sipping coffee, hanging out with my snake. Mm. Thank you, Mel Forrest. Much appreciated. And as was snuck, snuck in there, snuckily, is snuckly. that a word? Maybe. The Big Bloody Talent Show, Mel is a part of the team behind that as well, takes place in August. And as you saw, the signups are going for another couple few weeks. Visit believeltd.com slash bigbloodytalentshow or reminder, bit.ly slash allbloodstreamstuff. And if you use that link, bit.ly slash allbloodstreamstuff, you can also click the button to sign up for our newsletter. It's the first button right up there at the top and copies will be mailed out at the beginning of next month, which at this point is in like 15 minutes. Correct. So don't hesitate, bit.ly slash allbloodstreamstuff for the newsletter to participate in the blig, big blig, big, big bloody blig. talent show. And for, frankly, 
all Bloodstream stuff. Hey, and our next episode is going to be Friday, June 11th, audio only. So make sure you subscribe to, rate and review Bloodstream wherever you get your podcasts. Our next live is going to be late June. So stay tuned for more announcements about that. And you'll be able to find us live right here on Facebook whenever that date may be. And don't forget to check out and subscribe to Once Upon a Gene with our beloved friend Effie Parks. Check out that show wherever you get podcasts and at effieparks.com. Thanks to live contributors and producers, Joshua Sterling Bragg, Avra Friedman, Avra's mom, Mel Forrest, Rob Bradford, Drama Del Rosario, Greg Holzman, Christina Newhart, and all who help make this thing go. There's so many of us. There really are. Thanks, as always, to Kata for being the presenting sponsor of the Bloodstream podcast, bleedingdisorders.com, to learn more. Mm-hmm. Thanks as well to Sanofi Genzyme for their partnership on Let's Talk. Visit letstalkmh.com for resources and to learn more. And with that, that is all for this episode. Hey, do you have a bleeding disorders or healthcare topic you'd like to hear us from? Hey. I know. Hey. Hey. That was aggressive. Listen. If you're still with us, keep going. <laughs> oh my God. You have a bleeding disorders or health topic you'd like to hear us discuss more, or is there an expert or a guest that you're just dying to hear from us? Hmm. So would you like to inquire about casting opportunities for Bloodstream's narrative or docu-style podcast? We got a lot yes. of those right now. Actually, we have a lot of those right now, and you'd be able to like hang out with us, and we're very fun. We're amazingly fun. We have wonderful hoodies. We will come and destroy your home and like move all of your things. No, no, no you don't say that part. Okay, say great, that part. okay, great. We will like keep your home, but we put it back. I will say we'll, we, we do put, put it back. back. We do put it back but very well. very fun. Anyway, if you'd like to do all of that, email us at mailbag of bloodstreammedia.com or connect with Bloodstream Media on all social media except for LinkedIn because LinkedIn is for old people and I don't think any of us like do LinkedIn except for Patrick. Wow, not fair, not true. And yeah. I don't even know where to go with that, but I will say... You can find more information about the various segments mentioned on this show in the program notes Mm. or on bloodstreammedia.com. And I am your host, Patrick James Lynch. And I am your other host, Amy Board. And until next time, take self-care of yourself. Thanks for joining us on the live. 